With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dot com. All right, it's the day after the last game of the 2019 regular season. The playoffs lie ahead, but of course not for our Cincinnati Bengals. The Giants have fired their head coach. The Redskins maybe are going to hire Ron Rivera, who was fired in Carolina. Uh, it looks like the Browns are going to talk to Josh McDaniel, at least Josh McDaniel, about their opening. They audios Freddie Kitchens last night. And, of course, the Bengals sit with the number one overall draft pick. I watched those games over the weekend. You watched those games over the weekend. Two terrific college playoff games on Saturday, each for different reasons. There is no way on God's green earth, there is no way with Vince Lombardi and George Hallis and Paul Brown looking down from heaven, there is no way, any way, anyhow, that the Bengals cannot draft Joe Burrow. But then again, these are the Bengals. Standing by as a man who has watched the Bengals most of his adult life, all of his childhood life, and now is continuing to watch replays of games from the 2019 season, even as we speak, let's bring in the man who is the star of the wildly popular Tony and Moe football show coming up today at 3 o'clock on ESPN 1530. Let's bring into the conversation Mo Egger Esquire and Mo Egger, how are you on this day after the 2019 season? I'm I'm well. You you know me pretty well, right? Uh, you're the son I never had. Right. Well, <laughs> boy, your 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 actual son's going to be really dismayed to hear that. He, he's, Is he's, there anything about me that would 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 make you think that I'm spending my time watching replays of the 2019 bank? I you know I'm just telling you, Matt Steinman <clears throat> just called you and he told me. I don't mean to tell tales out of school, but he told me you were looking at the replay of the San Francisco game. Even if I, we spoke. I, it was everything I could do to actually watch yesterday's game in real time <laughs> and, and not go back to, to the previous night's game, which was on my DVR, and watch Joe Burrow throw seven touchdown passes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's get to first things first. I like Andy Dalton. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a tough guy. I think he's made big plays while he was here. But it's over. It's not working. It hasn't worked since 2015. And it's not just Andy Dalton. The group of players they've had here, their core players, they've had their chance. It doesn't work. And by and large, from most of them, it's time to move on. Would that be a fair assessment? Completely. And it probably was a couple of years ago. You know, it's it's felt to me like... The last couple of years, they've been trying to recapture the magic of 2015, and the further and further we got away from the magic of at least the regular season in 2015, the less and less likely it was going to be. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for Andy that he played well yesterday and got a chance to, you know, go out in a bit of a blaze of glory in front of, you know, whatever fans were there yesterday. Good for him. But I, I've been reconciling myself with the idea that the Bengals are going to have to make a change of quarterbacks for such a long time now that I was really kind of unmoved by, mm. you know, Andy's departure right. yesterday. I certainly wish him the best. Um, he, it, it was a significant part of this team's history. He was more good here than he was bad, uh, handled a lot of criticism and a benching 
uh, with incredible class and, and frankly handled a lot of criticism in, in ways that I'm not sure I would have handled mm-hmm. the way Andy did. But I, 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 as much as I could appreciate Andy's ability to help groom your next quarterback, assuming that it's Joe Burrow, I, I, I just don't see the – I don't see the value no. in that if it's going to cost me $17.5 million. Exactly. It is time for this franchise, and I would extend this conversation to a lot of guys who have been here for a while. It's it's time for a clean break. It's time for this team to, to recoup whatever it can for the guys that they've had for a while and start fresh. And you're not doing that with Andy Dalton on the football team next year. I am not duped by what I saw yesterday or what I saw against the Dolphins. I'm just not. I know the competition they faced. Uh, Cleveland, basically, I mean, they were, I I wouldn't say they were mailing it in, but I saw guys out there that aren't given 100%, and because of that, their coach got adiosed uh, for that and a lot of reasons. But I'm not duped by what I saw. I think they've got to move on from Dalton. I think the green thing is a complete mess waiting to happen. And on defense, although they've gotten decent play out of Geno Atkins this year, I wouldn't call Geno Atkins' year this year an over, overwhelmingly great year. His peers voted him, I guess, to one of the Pro Bowl teams, and that's great and all that. But now I think is the time to just say, look, this thing is cratered. It's not coming back anytime soon. What can we do to retool this thing to at least give us a chance to put a competitive team on the field at least next year and then maybe talk about winning division titles after that? I think it's time to move on from a lot of these guys. Tim, they have the worst roster in the NFL. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I know there's a lot of people who don't want to admit that, but 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 guy for guy, they have the worst team in the National Football League. Now, are there players on this team that you would be happy moving forward with? Yeah, sure. You know, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with, with Joe Mixon. Um, you know, you saw some signs at the end of the season from guys like Jermaine Pratt and, and Sam Hubbard that make you think those guys could be a part of a solution, but is is there anybody on this team, with maybe the exception of Joe Mixon right now, that other head coaches are salivating over? No. Tyler Boyd's no. a nice piece. No. You know, I, I would include him in that on that list. But no, it's a bad roster. And the frustrating thing is they've had a bad roster for years, and they've done nothing to really address it. And look, I'm I'm the biggest proponent you'll find of using the top pick on Joe Burrow. Let's not overthink this. He's the best prospect in the draft. Mm-hmm. The Bengals need to get better at quarterback. And they, they could use the, the flexibility afforded to them by having a quarterback under a rookie contract. There's a lot of upside there. There's no guarantee that he's going to be really good, but there's certainly um, a series of possibilities at that position that don't exist with the guy you have right now. But this is not as simple as uh, get rid of Andy, bring in Joe, wipe your hands, and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. This roster needs an overhaul. And the really frustrating thing is – you know, they, they put together this team this year, not with the idea that they were going to tank. The idea this year was to win. Right. The idea this year was to, to compete. And so instead of, you know, stockpiling draft picks the way that the Raiders or Dolphins have, it, it, instead of trying to, to maximize the value of guys that you might have been able to trade to other teams, they held on to them for another year. Some of those players depreciated. And now if they try to trade them, they're, they're going to be getting cents on the dollar for those players. It, this team has to overhaul its thinking when it comes to acquiring free agents. Yeah. They have to uh, uh, redo their thinking when it comes to uh, acquiring established players via trade. And the one thing they've done really, really well over the years is handle their salary cap situation. Some might call that cheap. I would say they've actually given most of their better players fair market value, fair market salaries. 
But what that hasn't resulted in is them being able to take advantage of managing their budget well to occasionally splurge and overpay to get somebody who can help in order to get players to want to come play for you when you're sitting there at 2-14 and 14 and you haven't won a playoff game in 30 years, you're going to have to overpay occasionally. Bingo. That's what teams in the NFL are doing that are successful, and it's what the teams that take advantage of a, of a quarterback and a rookie contract do. They take advantage of the flexibility by going and getting players who are established, who have NFL bona fides, instead of putting every bit of stock into the crapshoot that is the draft. And, that's, and, and therein lies the dilemma. If indeed you want to build through the draft, if indeed that's what your philosophy is, and that's been the Bengal way, then you look back at the trade deadline this year and you scratch your head and say, well, wait a minute, there's a chance you could have had 0-8 to acquire more draft picks to build this team your way. Now they didn't. Now they are where they are. And now they almost have to go out and do what you said. You're not going to rebuild that offensive line through one draft. You're not going to get a complimentary piece for uh, for uh, uh, Boyd by in one draft. Although this draft is deep in tackles and wide receivers, you only have so many picks. I think, and I know this won't happen, but I think they need a, a really strong voice in that front office. Call him a general manager. Call him a director of player personnel. But somebody that can come in here and put a different set of eyes on this situation and say, look, I know the way you want to do it. I know the way it's built, and it's not the way you've been doing it. And it, I think we can talk about Joe Burrow, whether Andy Dalton has any shelf life at, at left, whether they should tag and trade A.J. Green. I just think this is a problem that needs a fresh set of eyes because it's been going on now for four seasons. What about you? Well, I certainly think a fresh set of eyes is needed. I mean, who, whoever had the eyeballs that watched Bobby Hart play last season and decided to, to give him about a 450% raise and bring him yeah. back, uh, whatever set of eyeballs were uh, fixated on Preston Brown last season, who then decided, let's bring a, a very outmoded player back in 2019, uh, I, I'd like for those eyeballs to be replaced with somebody who, who views the game through a different lens. But, you know, this is, this is hardly an original thought. It, to me, it, it starts with the philosophy. When, when we found out a couple of weeks ago that the New England Patriots were potentially spying on the Cincinnati Bengals, and I, I, I think the, the video evidence we've seen would suggest they got caught red-handed, mm -hmm. I said that I would love to see the Cincinnati Bengals caught doing something similar. <laughs> Why? Because it would tell me that they cared enough to go to extreme lengths to win. And, and, and therein lies the biggest frustration. You know, I, I always use the, the verbiage unrelenting in the pursuit of championships. It, 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 you look around this league, you look around professional sports, I think it's usually pretty easy to identify the franchises that are unrelenting in the pursuit of winning. Many of them may not know how to go about doing it, but there's a constant urgency and, and, and unbending pressure to deliver results. That philosophy doesn't exist here. Um, and, and so until that changes, you know, you're, you're right. You're going to be stuck building the team to the draft. You're not going to be aggressive. You're not going to be embracing the more modern ways of achieving success in this league. You hope against all evidence that would suggest otherwise that maybe uh, the clue phone will go off and the people running this franchise realize there's other ways to build a roster and that a rebuild doesn't have to take five or six years. Right. You can turn things around pretty exactly. quickly. Exactly. But, but to do that, it's, it's going to involve hitting absolute home runs in the draft 
this franchise hasn't done it. Using what you can to accumulate more draft capital, which clearly this team so far hasn't done, and getting established NFL players who have already developed their skills to the level that they can join your team and help instantly. Until the philosophy changes, we're going to keep talking about the Bengals not doing these things, and chances are we're going to be talking about more losing seasons than winning ones. I hope not. Mo Egger, he's on today at 3 with Tony Pike, live from the Sam Adams Tap Room, the Tony and Mo radio show. And, of course, you hear him all the time here on ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW. Joe Burrow is, I mean, it's it's beyond debate. I mean, I think the kid up at Ohio State, Chase Young, is a nice player. I think he'd be a great player in the NFL. His position, though, isn't one that would be an immediate need for the Bengals. And secondly, uh, you've got to bring somebody in here to start building this offense. You've got to score points in this league to win. And I think we're beyond debate on Joe Burrow. But I also think there are other rounds in this draft that's coming up, and they need to be really, really, really diligent about this work. Mo, they haven't had a first-round draft pick that's had an impact in, on, in, in his first year on this team since when? When has it been? It wasn't in 18. It wasn't certainly this year. It wasn't in 17 with Ross. I mean, you've got to get your first-round picks on the field and contributing immediately. And if it's a quarterback, it's got to be immediately as well. Now, after that particular soap opera, I'm, uh, soapbox opera, I'm going to step down and I'm going to ask you, is this current coaching staff capable of doing that? And would you anticipate changes on this coaching staff uh, going forward, possibly as early as today? I don't know how you don't examine every facet of your organization. And if you're going to do that, that has to include the coaching staff. Now, I think... I think all of us would be shocked if anything happened to Zach Taylor. I think if it was going to, we we would have found out already. And, you know, I I certainly can appreciate the fact that despite the results, you never really got the sense that Zach Taylor was losing the team. Um, You never really felt like the effort was waning, all those really hokey things. But Mm -hmm. I, I think what you have to do with him is make his job easier. He shouldn't be calling plays. Being the being a head coach in the NFL is hard enough. Being the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals is hard enough. Having to do it while also game planning and calling the plays on Sundays just seems like uh, an undertaking that might be beyond the, the current uh, level of experience and capabilities of Zach Taylor. So then who is it? Is it Brian Callahan? On on the defensive side of the ball, and I, I got to be honest with you, I don't I don't know that any defensive coordinator would have had much success inheriting the worst defense in the NFL from 2000. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. And you saw some incremental improvement by the end of the year, but 
I, I don't know that Lou Anarumo's job should be should be safe by any stretch. Uh, I think you have to take a good look at the offensive line coach and Jim Turner. He didn't have that much to work with, but this wasn't a very good unit all year long. They did get better running the football late in the season, but do you really want a fourth offensive line coach in as many seasons? I, I don't know. It's, it's pretty rare in the NFL, even for, for really good teams, to bring back – the exact same coaching staff from one year to the next. So I think I think it will be interesting. I wonder if some of the guys that Zach Taylor brought with him or stood on the desk for, if maybe the the rope or the leash for those guys shrinks a little bit. And you know, I, I think from a, from a Zach Taylor standpoint, the, the message next season can't be, "Hey, look how hard our guys, our guys are playing." At some point, if you're an NFL head coach, you have to, especially in this day and age. You have to get to a point where you are you are delivering wins on a more consistent basis. This coach didn't do that this year. I think most would be willing to give him a mulligan for that. But I don't know that anybody's going to be willing to wait three or four or five years for Zach Taylor to start winning football games. That has to change very, very soon, and it's going to have to change with a quarterback who right now is playing college football. All right, Mo Egger, you sound like you've got pneumonia, so I'm going to let you go. you got to get ready for 3 o'clock. You do sound like you're battling something there, and we appreciate the fact that you're playing hurt for us today. I've had a cold for three weeks. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Can I give you a tip? Seriously. Of course, I had a yeah. guy on my show on Saturday, uh, three or four weeks ago. Go to a health food store and get oil of the wild oregano. Oil of the wild oregano. And just put a drop or two of that on your tongue. It's going to taste foul, but it's going to help you. And then eat lemons, just lemons. Just get some of that citrus in you as well. I think it'll clear it up in a week. Oil of the wild oregano. Oil of the wild oregano. I'm telling you, I take it, and, um, you know, I'm so far so good for me. Knock on four mica. I'm just looking out for your health. I was going to have oil of the wild turkey, but your your way maybe is better. <laughs> well, that, combine them both, and you might really be able to get something there. Thank, that sounds good. Thank you, Mo. Tell uh, TP15 I said hello. All right. All right. Thanks. Mo Egger on today at 3 o'clock, despite the fact he's had a head cold on ESPN 1530. Andy Dalton rides off into the sunset. I want to talk about Andy Dalton next, and I want your phone calls. I want you to weigh in on it. 749 7000. Or if you're outside the immediate Cincinnati area, 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. Your thoughts on Andy Dalton, his time here, and whether or not anything that is this, that is the mess of the Bengals, can be laid directly at his feet. Andy Dalton, your favorite Dalton memory, and whether or not you're happy to see him right into the sunset. 749-7000. It's the average American in for the great American. 700-WLW. We see it all the time in business, right? You just got to move on. Quote, unquote, going in a different direction is what you hear all the time. But it's time. And Andy Dalton's taking the fall. Uh, that's uh, that's mob parlance for it's laid at his feet, and he's the poster guy for what the last four or five years have been. And Joe Burrow is the shiny new thing, and this is what the Bengals want to play with. They have to. They've lost you. They've lost your interest. You can look at the attendance figures for this year, and they were horrible last year. And it's obvious just changing coaches doesn't work. They rounded up the old guard. They rounded up the old band this year, and they said, okay, we're going to have one more go at it. And it didn't work because it hasn't worked since 2015. Your thoughts on Andy Dalton taking the fall next on 700 WLW. 
1236 News Radio 700 WLW Ken Brew for Bill Cunningham. How are you on this final Monday of 2019? Final Monday of the decade. Andy Dalton took the, is taking the fall. And my position is, is that it's time to move on. Regardless of whether or not most of what's happened over the last four to five years is Andy Dalton's fault, it's over. They tried it, it worked, it didn't go. And for various reasons, it didn't go. Who knows what would have happened in that playoff game in 2016 if Fontes Perfect and Adam Jones didn't explode and KO'd the Bengals, snatching, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. I don't know. Nobody knows. What would have happened in 2015 if Andy Dalton didn't get hurt, didn't break his thumb in that game against the Steelers? The Bengals were percolating right along, and so was Dalton. People forget that before Andy Dalton got hurt, this team, it was the offense was terrific. He had thrown only seven interceptions all year. But Dalton is the kind of guy that I've always thought tried to do too much. I always thought he tried to take things on that he shouldn't have taken on. And maybe that was because of what they surrounded him with. Their offensive line has been abysmal since Andrew Whitworth was unceremoniously run out of town. Uh, They've had massive whiffs in free agency, particularly in the first round. I'm sorry, John Ross was the wrong pick. John Ross is like that Ferrari you put in the garage and you take it out when you want to have fun. But when you absolutely positively got to get somewhere... You need a Chevy, you need a four-wheel drive, you need a Jeep, and they needed a Jeep back then. They instead took a Ferrari, and he's been a giant disappointment. Billy Price was the wrong pick. You've got a first-round pick, and you've got a franchise quarterback standing there, and you would like to take a center instead of taking Jackson, Lamar Jackson, not having the vision to see that this day, this day here in 2019, just two years less than when that draft was, was coming. Had to know that Andy Dalton was going to be looking for a a pay raise if indeed things went his way. Well, they didn't, and he's probably going someplace else. So a lot of what, what, what went wrong for Andy Dalton over the last four to five years were things that were completely out of his control. Look, he's a tough guy. There's no question about it. He's a smart guy. And people make fun of the fact that sometimes he sounds like a Boy Scout on patrol, but he's a he's a good quarterback. He just tried to do too much here. But it's over. And it's not just Dalton. It's over. You've got to start all over from scratch. You're going to have maybe five or six guys that you're going to keep that you can look at and say, this is the core of my team right here. One of them obviously is Joe Mixon. Another is certainly Tyler Boyd. But after that on offense, who is it? It's it's a it's a rookie that hasn't played all year because of a training camp injury. After that, who is it? Well, they've committed money to Trey Hopkins. Maybe it's him. On defense, Carlos Dunlap has played well, very well. He's on the back nine. Whether his play shows that or not, he's he's an aging veteran. Geno Atkins. You know, Atkins is a you know, has has been a brute in the middle of that defensive line. So you keep Dunlap, you keep Atkins, maybe you keep Sam Hubbard. I know a lot of people are enamored with his play, but okay, Sam Hubbard. I think Carl Lawson has got a really good chance to be a star in this league. 
He's, his play was at best sporadic this year. In the secondary, who do you have? Drake Kirkpatrick has been gone basically since Halloween. Before that, he was a guy that other quarterbacks picked on. William Jackson the third did not have a good year this year by any stretch of the imagination. And your safeties, Sean Williams, Jesse Bates, I keep Bates. I don't know what else you have. you got a punter. you got a kicker that makes most of his point afters. Well, what else do you have? So Dalton has taken the fall for this thing, and he's going to be the focal point of where this franchise is going, and that is not fair. But it's time, man. It's time. It's time to move on. We see it all the time in other businesses. You know, it's it's not working. We want to go in a different direction. Well, I want to go in a different direction, too. I want to go in a direction that leads to wins, not random wins in meaningless games late in the season, but wins that lead to being one of the elite teams in the NFL that's playing for the big trophy. That's that's why that's why you you win. Nobody goes to work anywhere and says, Gee, I like to be competitive today. Nobody does. No no company of any 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 substance that that sells something that they really want the public to buy ever goes to work and says nobody in those companies goes to work and says yeah, yeah man it'd be great if we could be competitive today. And so it's time. But is it fair to Dalton? I think it's time for him to go. But I don't think it's fair to lay all of this at his feet. Let's open the phone line, 749-7000, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Here is Brett on a cell. Brett, you're on the air, and you go right ahead. Ken, how you doing? All right, Brett, you go right ahead. Um, what I'd like to say is, you know, I, I called emotional a couple of days ago, and he's been hearing the same thing. It's amazing on how these people didn't like Andy for the longest time. Even when he had that MVP year, mm-hmm. people were still saying, oh, give A.J. McCarron a chance or trade Dalton right now and all that. And all of a sudden, when all of a sudden when we're just about to, Andy's just about to leave. People are saying, "Oh no, no, no! We we need to draft offensive line. We need to draft this. We need to draft that." It's not Andy's fault. Yeah. But I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, you guys for the longest time, even when Andy was at his best, wanted to get rid of him. Now all of a sudden, you're backing out now. Yeah. I just don't understand that. Yeah, you've got you've got to hit the reset button, and you've got yeah. a guy sitting there that can be yeah. your guy now. People will say to me, and you've heard this, Brett, well, geez, what is who's going to block for him? Who's he going to throw to? Well, there are other rounds in the draft, and you can maybe once and for all play the meaningful free agent game and start there. But bring Joe Burrow in next year. Go buy an offensive lineman next year. Next year is not going to be a year you're going to the Super Bowl. You'll be lucky to be competitive in your own division with a rookie quarterback, but put a couple of drafts together and a couple of free agent classes together, and then in 2021, you might be where you want to be. This isn't something that they didn't get here, Brett, and, and Brett, thanks for the call. They didn't get here overnight. This is atrophy that's been setting in since 2015 the epicenter of which was when they decided that Andrew Whitworth couldn't play anymore at a level that commanded the mo- at a level for the money he wanted to to get and so remember the prize we got Cedric Obwehi couldn't bro- he the dude couldn't block a doorway second round Jake Fisher he's out of I think he's out of football right now but yet Cedric Obwehi was the answer, and Andrew Whitworth wound up going to Los Angeles and giving them a lot, a lot of great play out there. 
There's Brandon on a cell. Brandon, you're on the air, and you go right ahead. Hey, Ken, thanks for taking my call. Yes, Brandon. Um, so a couple things I want to point out. I knew that <clears throat> I knew Dalton wasn't really the answer that year when we went to the playoffs. We were like a three seed, and we played the Chargers. They like barely limped into the playoffs. Yeah. It was they weren't even that good, and we lost that game because Dalton threw several picks, and that game was handmade for us. It was tailor made for us to win. Chargers were the weakest seed, and we only lost I think by like six. Or it was like a very short score. And that showed me everything I needed to know about Dalton. I, I believed him when, when he first got here. But after watching him, it was like this guy needs everything to be perfect around him in order for him to just be okay. Yeah. And if it's not perfect around him, and he's going to really start making some bad decisions. And so, well, that game, that, line, yeah, that game against the Chargers, as I recall, was played in, a, in, in the rain. It wasn't a great game. And uh, Dalton in that game, I'm trying to think what uh, – I think Dalton in that game was he threw like the ball a lot. He threw it like fifty, fifty-five times, uh, but he threw a couple of big picks in that game too. Yeah, and then the, and then, yeah. the, and then that fumble as well. So I, I oh, forgot about that. Yeah, I mean there were there. Yeah, I mean a lot of this stuff that I think has cascaded on Dalton is stuff that other players around him helped to bring on him, either by inadequate play or injury or whatever, but I, I, I think the guy can still play in this league, and I think he can be an effective quarterback, but it's it's just time. It's just you got to move on, man. It's just time. Let me, let me ask you one more question. Do you think if A.J. Green is franchised, you think he'll stay playing with Joe Burrow over Andy Dalton? I think uh, that's an interesting question, and it would be an interesting power play move on Green's part I think if they tag Green, which is what they're going to do, and expect him to... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Uh, Play 2020 as a happy camper, I think, is kind of a foolish thing. I think you tag the guy and then trade him, or you tag the guy and get a long-term deal done before the draft. But I don't think you put a franchise tag on him and say, okay, this is the way you're going to play in 2020. I, I think they're asking for trouble with that. Okay. Well, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. All right, Brandon. Thank you for the call. Here now, standing by patiently and has been for a while, is Steve. Steve, you're on the air, and you go right ahead. Hey, Ken, good to talk to you. Listen, the Bengals aren't going anywhere as long as Mike Brown and Katie Blackburn-Brown are running the team. Who's our general manager right now? There is none. Okay, there you go. We're the freaking only team in the NFL that doesn't have a general manager that can evaluate talent. Well, that's not true. That's not true, but go ahead. And they're, they're trying to pick the players 
Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. If you have a very, very good offensive line, you're going to make a good quarterback great. We don't have an offensive line. We can't pick talent. They're too cheap to do anything, and it's going to continue to be like that. They don't want to win. They want to be 8-8, eight and eight, put, seats in the, put people in the seats, and make their money that they get every year. They well, don't if, have a- if you look at if you look at team spending and salary cap, it's it's not cheap. They're they they're always near the halfway to three quarter way in terms of salary cap spending. The problem is what you spend it on. The problem is uh, dropping money on a guy like Bobby Hart rather than going out and seeing if there was a free agent tackle out there. That had a um, that that was worth that kind of money. The problem isn't necessarily spending money; it's where it's being spent, and it's eyes on task. And when you rely so much on your assistant coaches to be scouts after a season, and when you rely on the draft to be the sum, soul, uh, soul and substance of your building a franchise, the margin of error is extremely small, and their their error. Their error quotient since since 2015, the last time they went to the playoffs, has been pretty strong. Their, their first-round draft picks, if you look at their first-round picks and contributions, and whether it's injury or whether it's lack of performance or whatever or just a bad pick, uh, that hurts. That hurts. So, yeah, I think, as I said with Mo Egger about a half hour ago, they need a fresh set of eyes on this thing. And... To me, whether that's a general manager or a director of player personnel, or what is somebody that can come in there and say, okay, from the outside looking in, here's problem A, B, C, and D. But with regards to Dalton, it's, you know, you're, you've got a guy sitting there. You've got the number one overall pick sitting there. Do you know, just look at how difficult it is to acquire a number one overall pick in terms of what you would have to give up to get it. Here it is in your lap. And you have someone who plays the most important position on the field versus a guy that's been here a while, a long time actually, and will be looking for a big payday after next season when his contract is up as an aging quarterback. There, there really isn't any, any debate really that I can see that would say to me, keep Dalton and bypass Joe Burrow. It doesn't make sense on any level, financial, competitive, or otherwise. More of your phone calls next. 749-7000. Andy Dalton takes the fall, but it's time to move on. Is it fair? Your thoughts on Dalton that uh, apparently are over here in Cincinnati, or it would seem to be. Your phone calls next. It's the average American in for the great American. 700 WLW. Twelve fifty-five News Radio seven hundred WLW. The average American in for the great American. After the news at one hundred five, everybody says Happy New Year. What if you're not happy about it? What if there's no way you're looking ahead to twenty twenty and saying, Hey, that ought to be some fun? We'll try to figure it all out with you, Bob. Actually, we'll maybe even put you on the right track because that's what we're here for. We're talking about uh, the Bengals. Yesterday, they they beat the Browns. They finished two and fourteen. And uh, how this season was basically just the same as last season, except there's a new head coach. And simply by changing a coach and its coaching staff, why would we expect the results to be different? And sure, there were some key injuries. I mean, they went through the whole year without A.J. Green. He had the mother of all ankle sprains. 
knocked him out the whole year. They're, without argument, their best and most versatile offensive lineman retired in the middle of the summer. That threw things into a uh, complete tizzy. But by and large, it's being laid at Andy Dalton's feet as the reason why. And right or wrong, it's it's time to move on. There's just, it's just time to move on. James is on a cell and wants to weigh in. James, you're on the air. You go right ahead. James. James going once. James, sorry, buddy. I don't know what happened to you. Rob is on a cell. Rob, you're on the air, and you go right ahead. Hey, Ken, how are you this afternoon? All right, Rob. Good. I just want to comment on your uh, Andy Dalton comment. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's time to move on from Andy. He's been a good quarterback for nine years and done a lot of good things for the town. However, please get me as one Bobcat alum to another. Please get me some assurance that Mike Brown will, in fact, draft Joe Bureau so I can relax for the next three months. Well, yeah, but hey, <laughs> please learn how to pronounce his name. It's Burrow, not Bureau. But but I know yeah. I'm on the cell phone. I'm sorry. That, that's all right. I don't think I don't think there's any way you pass on him and and. Uh, if, if nothing else, Mike Brown wants to put rear ends in seats. Right. And you're not going to put rear ends in seats by drafting a defensive lineman or trading no. down and getting a bunch of offensive linemen. It, it doesn't work that way. It works that way by putting dynamic players on the field. And That's you can right. look at the Bengals over the last four years. They didn't have enough dynamic players on the field. And because right. of that, that's why they are where they're at right now. This is a reset. And, it's, and, 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 Rob, I don't know how you feel about this, but it's not just Andy Dalton. It's time, really, to do a deep dive into that roster, into the people that – and I'm speaking, of course, for Mike, uh, for Mike Brown right now, speaking of him – and a deep dive into who you're listening to and who's giving you advice on these things. Because, well, that's true. I mean, there's there there have just been, since 2015, some really head-scratching decisions made by that team. And I don't think they're in a position right now to just say, well, you know, we'll just bring in a new quarterback and it'll be better. You know, with the bringing a new coach, it's going to be better. No, right. you need to play the game differently. That's what you uh, need to do. I'd, li- I'd like to see the Brown family come out themselves and give the, the fan base some hope because well, they haven't done it in yeah, decades. I, 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 you know, and, and Rob, thanks for the call that I would not be against that. I think it might be a good, smart political move. They can't do a thing with saying they're going to draft Joe Burrow. They can start negotiating with him after his eligibility at LSU is done, which is only a couple of weeks from now. But, but yeah, I, I, after that point, Sure. Doug, you're on a cell, and you're on the air, and you go right ahead. Hey, Ken. Uh, I live in Columbus, and I tell you what, I'm such a Joe Burrow fan, I was going to have trouble who, who to uh, choose to vote for, I mean, if they got to play LSU. <laughs> but uh, I am going to become a, a Bengals fan just because I'm such an admirer of his. And I tell you what, I, th- this guy just has success written all over him. I think when he's done playing for the Bengals, he's going to run for Congress. Then he's going to become maybe a candidate for the president. <laughs> you guys got a winner coming your way. Thanks, I wouldn't put, uh, look. Look, I'll take uh, uh, all that aside. Yeah, yeah. Give me like thirty-three touchdown passes and four interceptions, and I'll go away happy. You can keep the president and all that other stuff. Just win. 
just win. Andy Dalton, you've given us a lot of great seasons here, a lot of great memories. You're a terrific competitor. You're a guy that was better than most of the other players around you, but it's time. And I wish you well. And I know you're going to play someplace else. It just It's just not going to be here. 1 o'clock, time for the news. News Radio, 700 WLW. All right, back on the big one, 106 on this final Monday of 2019. New Year's Eve, of course, is tomorrow. New Year's Day is Wednesday. And all over America, I'm guessing people are writing down, if not New Year's resolutions, what they want to do in 2020 that might make their lives better. I just saw a poll that was out today that 80% of Americans feel good about where they're going in 2020, not so much for where America as a country is going in 2020. Nevertheless, a new year brings new hope. A new year brings new focus. A new year brings ways to make yourself happy. But what if you're stuck in a point of your life where you just can't find that ultimate nirvana? Does it even exist? Standing by on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline is Don Joseph Goey. He is the executive director of the DeMello Center. Anthony DeMello is one of the 20th century's foremost spiritual teachers. He's written many, many books. And uh, I uh, I saw Don Goey. I want to believe well, that was a rerun or something. I think I was watching maybe two or three weeks ago of Dr. Oz. I'll have to ask him about that. Uh, but anyway, let's welcome into 700 uh, WLW, Don Joseph Goey. And uh, Don Joseph, welcome to 700 WLW. How are you? I am fine. Thank you very much. Now, Don is your first name. It's not like you're a, like, you know, a mafia Don or anything. You're not like Don Joseph or anything like that. Are <laughs> no, you? No, nothing like that. Uh, if I'm a mafia, I'm, a, I'm in a mafia for happiness. Okay, I'm just wondering because sometimes you hear that. You know, you watch, watch <laughs> enough mob movies and you – and uh, uh, did I see you on Dr. Oz maybe a couple of weeks? It had to be – maybe it was the first time you were – but it was, you were on with Dr. Oz a couple of weeks ago, weren't you? Yes, I was. I did a, a segment. He and I did a segment segment on stress that's right yes how you overcome stress which when you think about it is the opposite of a of a happy life yes stress is that uh i've often said that uh the opposite of happiness isn't uh depression it's stress which could lead to depression stress is we all have stress and i remember in that television segment you were talking about ways to avoid stress but stress will kill you i mean it just does such terrible things to the body does it not Absolutely. It will kill you. And it, it will dumb down your your intelligence, your IQ, your emotional intelligence, your creative intelligence, so that what ends up happening when you're in a stress cycle is that you become overly focused on the problem, and in the process you shut off your brain from uh, creatively giving you a solution to that problem. Mm-hmm. And so your your problems pile up, and, and you stress about that, and your stress piles up, and you, you stay in that state of mind for a number of years, and you're going to have health problems. Yeah, you sure are. But I think stress is also attributed to not knowing what really is important in life. And we tend to value things that should have no value and not chase the things that bring us uh, happiness. And I, 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 by that I mean I think we're a lot, of, a lot of us, I think most of us are caught up in chasing material things as opposed to chasing 
this happiness that we all seem to can't find. I think it's a priority thing, is it not? That's that's absolutely true. You know, researchers tell us that money and success doesn't buy us happiness, but we we don't buy that information. In fact, it's an uh, research has found it's an attitude of happiness that increases our capacity to succeed in our work, to succeed in our lives. But it is hard to find a happy person these days who is free of stress and anxiety and insecurity and anger. And over the last decade, the famous Harris Poll on happiness found that um, on average, two out of three Americans are not happy. You know, all the economic indicators are going up while happiness is going down. Well, and, and again, that's chasing perhaps the wrong goals, but there has to be something deeper than that, is there? Well, you know, the, the, the main point for people to get is that it is so unnecessary to be unhappy because happiness is our natural state, which means that we don't have to do anything to acquire happiness because we have it already. It's in us already. We just have to give in to being happy. And if you know, if you don't believe happiness is your natural state, simply recall your childhood when you could experience happiness at the drop of a hat when, when the world excited you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You when it seemed to embrace you with open arms, and when you were so happy, you know, to be with your friends, when, when uh, creativity poured out of you. you I, I have seven grandchildren, and they were around this week, and we had a bunch of rainy days, and all I had to do was to make them happy was to put crayons and blank paper on the table, and they went at it for hours and so excited about what they made. Right. Well, that's, that's in us. That's a natural state within us, but we've lost it. You know, the, what you just described is it's the innate happiness that children have. But And this is, boy, you talk about a wide umbrella, no off-ramp question, but what is happiness? And if you don't know what it is, how can you chase it? Happiness is, you know, happiness is one of those things that's hard to describe, but when, when you experience it, you know it. It's a moment, it's really a moment when you lose yourself. When it's a moment when you begin to understand and feel and relate to the world as if all is well. Mm-hmm. That you're, you're able to locate the present moment and in that present moment to let go of all this self-conscious striving that we're doing and just simply show up and be present for what is mm-hmm. exactly as it is. And as we do that, what we begin to discover is that we're surrounded by a great deal of beauty and well-being. Right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking out the window of, of my office, and there's a, a, a hummingbird, a beautiful green hummingbird oh. hovering over over the, the deck. Uh, you take a moment. A moment like that opens you up in a way, and that moment of opening up is is we experience as happiness. And sometimes we don't even know we were happy until after it happens because it's kind of, it, it just kind of takes hold of us. Yeah, you know, Don Joseph, there's a lot of noise out there, isn't there? I mean, there's just a lot of noise. There's noise from social media. There's noise from cable television news programs. There's 
there's a lot of political noise out there. And I think channeling that or learning to compartmentalize that, if you have to deal with it, I think is part of the key, too. But we live in a time when there's just so much noise that want to take us away from, for example, that hummingbird that you just saw out your window. That's that's so so wise what you're saying, you know, and and. You know, the Dalai Lama made this statement that I picked up one day, and it made such a difference in my life. He said, sometimes the best solution to a problem is just to be silent, just to be still. And, you know, neurologically, what neuroscience will tell us is that when we do that, when we, when we locate the present moment, when we let go, when we become quiet inside, we activate regions of our brain that are shut down when we're stressed and afraid. And suddenly it's like where the, our brain is this boardroom, and what shows up around the table at the, at the boardroom is all this creativity, all of this intelligence. And boom, we have this aha moment when we see the solution to the problem. And all of that comes out of exactly what you're talking about is our capacity to be still within ourselves. And then we do that enough, we begin to have faith in that. We begin to have faith that there's something inside of me that's larger than this problem that's on the outside of me. And the more we do that, the more we begin, we begin to experience a life of, of quiet and peace and happiness. And then we discover that that's what it's all about. That's what life is all about. And yet we throw it away so easily. As soon as we have a problem, we get afraid Mm -hmm. and we get insecure and happiness goes right out the window. When if we would just quiet down, shut off the noise, and particularly the noise in our head, and be still with ourselves, happiness, peace, tends to arise all by itself because, again, it's our natural state. You know, Don Joseph, that the words silent and listen have the same letters in them. I, I didn't know that. Same letters, <laughs> just rearranged differently. There you go. Well, that could, that could be the basis of, uh, you know, your new book or whatever it might be. Our, you know, our problem is that we all get socialized into the adult world. You know, we start out innocent and happy as children. We get socialized into the adult world where right and wrong are the way we judge people and events and ourselves, oftentimes when we don't even fully understand what we are judging. And some days it can feel like everything is wrong. Right. You know, no chance for happiness there. But as adults, you know, happiness it's turned into a quest that we're trying to get happiness back. But the more we chase it, you know, the more it eludes us. Right. We're stuck in a kind of inner conflict when, from how dissatisfied we are with ourselves and with our life situation, always trying to fix uh, ourselves, yeah. always trying to fix someone else. Yeah, I know. And, again, a lot of the answers are just right there, and you can alleviate a lot of the stress and angst of finding them. By just sitting there and just observing. Don Joseph Goey, you're the executive director of the DeMello Center. That's been around for, oh gosh, I guess about 35, 40 years. And uh, uh, DeMello has written a lot of books on what you're talking about. How do people find you, though? I mean, if they want to talk to you about that hummingbird you just saw or whatever, how do they find you, Don Joseph? They can they can find me um, at the DeMelloCenter.com. Okay. There's lots of resources there from Anthony DeMello. And if they want to find me for stress, they can find me at the, the, uh, the endofstressbook.com. But at the DeMelloCenter.com, they will also find a lot of uh, three- to five-minute excerpt podcasts where DeMello's talking about all the things that you and I have been talking about right. here today and more. Well, good. That's uh, because I think... 
I want everybody to be happy in 2020. I want everybody to achieve what they want to achieve, but achieve the right things and start right. chasing the right things. And, and, I DeMello, be, and DeMello gives you a, a clear and simple yes. path to what you're talking about. And I want people chasing you in 2020, Don Joseph Goey. That's what I well, want. Everybody you. get a hold of you at that webmail address you just gave us. Well, uh, thank you. Don Joseph, uh, best of, of luck, best of 2020 to you, and thank you for joining us on 700 WLW. Happy New Year. There you go. You want to chase that new car, maybe the boat. You want to chase that great vacation and all that. Well, go ahead, but the stress in getting there. Sometimes you achieve those things if you don't really become obsessed with them. I mean, I don't have a boat. I don't want a boat. I got friends that have boats. If I want to go out on a boat, I'll go see my friend. But it seems to me, and when I saw this poll that I led into that interview, where 80% of us think things are going to be just fine for them in 2020, and then they look at America and they say, not so much. Well, why does it Why does it look that way to you? The economy is up. I mean, it is. I mean, the market is up. It's, it's up like 33% this year. The Dow is up 33%. If, you're, if you've got money in a 401k, you're doing fantastic in 2019. Uh, unemployment is low. Chances are, you go to work, you don't have to worry about getting fired. And if you're looking for a new job, look at the number of unfilled jobs in this country. Chances are, you could find a better job if you wanted to. Employers are making massive concessions to employees to either keep them on the job or attract them to that company. There's a lot going on right now that's good. You just got to open your eyes and look at it. And if you get sucked in by the noise of, you know, what Nancy Pelosi said or what Donald Trump tweeted or all that other nonsense that just seems to be what consumes people on television anymore and news programs anymore. Well, sure, you're going to get depressed and you're going to get angst and you're going to get stress. You've got to filter that stuff out. In fact, the most calming, soothing thing you can do in the year 2020 is listen to my voice. Just continue to listen. I can be. Bob Ross of your lifetime on 700 WLW and you got to know yourself and what makes you happy right I mean what are you really chasing out there you're chasing bills is what you're chasing if you go out and you buy this and you buy that and you buy that and all of a sudden you're in debt what are you chasing anyway whatever you're looking for in 2020 I hope you find it Uh, coming up at 150 uh, how to not pop somebody's eye out when you open a bottle of champagne tomorrow night. You'd be surprised how often that happens. So, you know, you got some, you know, Nimrod that's standing there trying to open a bottle of uh, cold duck. And, you go, oh, yeah, I could do this. And then the next thing you know, the cork is flying in somebody's eye. It's like that BB gun, you know, in the Christmas story or you want it for Christmas. Your mother said, you're going to shoot somebody's eye out. Well, you could pop somebody's eye out tomorrow. We're going to talk about that then. Uh, So anyway, so here's the hot story today, all you sports fans out there. The Bengals have apparently reached an agreement with uh, Shogo Akiyama, Domo Arigato, Mr. Akiyama. He is an outfielder from the Japanese legs. Not sure what team he played for over there, but we'll get that information shortly. $15 million in three years. Shogo Akiyama. No, no, I'm sorry. Shogo Akiyama, 
Ariyama is he plays for someone else. But anyway, uh, he's a left-handed hitter. Looking at the video of him, uh, he looks like he's got some power, but he looks like he can spray the ball to all fields. Here's the thing about him. Plays center field. I mean, that's his position of choice. I don't know if he can play left or right field. Maybe he can, and maybe that's why they did the deal. But if his natural position is center field, what then becomes of Nick Senzel? And I was uh, chatting with our producer, Matt Steinman, who's a huge Reds fan. You can find him on some chat boards and everything out there. Uh, and, and he seems to think, and I think he's right, this could be a precursor. Ooh, is the word of the day. For something else the Reds may wind up doing. Does this now make Nick Senzel expendable? I'm just wondering if they sign this dude and he plays center field, if they don't go out and try and get or trade for Francisco Lindor. Last I checked, Lindor was still with the Cleveland Indians. Allegedly, the Indians were taking, not this weekend, last weekend to mull over the offers. I'm just wondering um, if there, there, there aren't a couple of wheels in motion here. But anyway, this, uh, the reports of this guy uh, signing with the Reds are coming from several places inside the United States, but the source for all of them is, uh, is, out, of, uh, is uh, out of Japan. He can, uh, here's a, this is um, someone who, I guess, follows Japanese baseball. He says, if the Akiyama tr- rumors are true, and he likes the Reds and all that, I do too. In theory, he can adequately play any of the three outfield spots, especially in Great American Ballpark, provides insurance for Aquino. Uh, it kind of, he says, but this doesn't put them over a top. So now I'm just looking. I'm again. I'm, there's a lot of moving pieces, and this thing is going a, a number of different ways. But I'm just uh, just wondering what the Reds are up to signing this guy. It's been rumored for about the last ten days that uh, they've been chasing this dude. Nothing yet from the team, although we expect that if indeed they make this deal, we expect that at some point. Don't know if he's in the United States. I would think before he signs a deal, he would have to come here and take a physical. That would be my guess. So this could be something that just leaked out, and it might be a couple of days before the Reds could actually confirm it. But uh, there you go. Well, hey, here's a guy that that, that I, I respect. He uh, he writes for BP, Matt Trueblood. Um. He says, is he a hair stretched in center? They, uh, the center field is small. He's a little underpowered to play every single day. Uh, they need OBP, and they have a bunch of good options with him. And then he says, Philip Irvin, Aquino, Senzel Winker. So it might be one of those deals also where they bring him in, they try and mix and match him with somebody else. I don't know, but it looks like the Reds are on the move here with, uh, with another player uh, acquisition, and good for them. Welcome back to the festivities. Ken Brew, the average American in for the great American on this final Monday of 2019. As you look outside, you see what this is all about. The wind will continue, and we could have gusts as high as 50. We know there are a lot of people out there that don't have power and some that uh, lost power in the last uh, 18 hours, but stay tuned. We'll have the latest on that coming up here at 
at 1.30. Tonight, mostly cloudy, windy, low 32. And then tomorrow, there's a slight chance of snow showers. Yes, winter is back here. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In the greater Cincinnati area. Cloudy, windy, high at 38. And then on New Year's Day, sunny, windy again. 43 for the high. 29 for the low with wind on, uh, on New Year's evening. So there you go. We are right now at 38 degrees at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station News Radio. 700 WLW. Uh, Straight ahead on this edition of uh, the Great American Show, we mentioned what we're going to talk about with Champagne. Two o'clock, I'll be joined by Jay Morrison of TheAthletic.com on what lies ahead for the Bengals. We spent a lot of time earlier today talking about Andy Dalton. We're going to talk at 205 with Jay. As I said, I don't think this is an isolated instance. I think that there are probably going to be other changes with that team. There have to be. And some of those changes may involve other players, and it may involve some coaches, too. It may involve some assistant coaches. All things in play when you finish 2-14 and 14 and where you were, frankly, not very competitive all year. And with a roster that few teams in the NFL would look at and say, gee, I envy that roster. So that's coming up with Jay Morrison after the news at 205. Straight ahead. After our newscast at the bottom of the hour, I'll be joined, of course, by Seg Dennison and his unique perspective into all that's going on into the world of sports. Coming up on 1.30, time for the news on News Radio 700 WLW. Seg, it's the final Monday of 2019. That is correct, Ken Brew, the final Monday of the decade. That's exactly right. Tomorrow's the final Tuesday of the decade. That's exactly right. And, and after Wednesday, that, the Wednesday we'll... is the first day of the new decade. So we got first day, last day. How about that, Andy Mack? Uh, a lot of coaches are getting adios today, Seggy. A lot of coaches. But I think everything is, is stable at uh, Paul Brown Stadium at this hour. From what I understand, Ken Brew, but uh, there are reports now out of Japan, nothing official from the Reds, but uh, Japanese media is reporting that free agent center fielder Shogo Akiyama Ooh. has uh, signed with the Reds 15 million over three years. Their first Japanese player, you know, in franchise history. He's a little. He's older. I think he's 31, but he gets on base a lot over there. So you can't translate average and home runs and all that from Japan to the major leagues unless you do some sort of calculation factor. But on base does. I mean, the on-base percentage does translate very Correct. well. Uh, that means they'll have to get a Japanese translator for him, for the media, I would think. Bring it on. I mean, I would think they could find somebody here. I'm sure they will. Um, Maybe uh, the cowboy. I think he's multilingual. Is that right? I think so. I'm, he he I'm talks bi- southern. I'm bilingual. He talks southern. He talks southern. Maybe uh, Akiyama's from the southern part of uh, the Japan. Perfect fit. The Honshu province. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do a show with him and Kurt Casale. Now there you go. How interesting would that be? There you go. 
That's right. Maybe Kirkus Alley knows Japanese. Unbelievable. Andy yeah. Mack. Joey Votto could probably speak Japanese between. He's probably learning right now. Probably in class right now. He's That's probably correct. in class right now learning Japanese. Uh, let's see, Ken Brew. I guess uh, after firing Freddie Kitchens either on the plane or on the tarmac last <laughs> night with the Browns. <laughs> Uh, after one season, uh, the uh, Browns are one of talked with uh, New England offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels and Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman. Freddie Kitchens said yesterday, said, I thought I had the support of ownership. That's when the Oops. plane took off for Cleveland and he was at gate 52. I think he was uh, let go over uh, uh, maybe... Uh, Mid Ohio sports car course. That's when he got the when he got the news. I mean, it's bad. I mean, the guy lost his job, but they were a train. That whole no, that that, that, mess. that that Haslam dude. Yeah, that guy's a mess. Yeah. This organization is what a is mess. It? Well, it was, it's they're going to look for their seventh head coach since two thousand nine. Now we're down here in they've, six, had, they've had more head coaches can brew than quarterbacks over the years. It's well, unbelievable. We're down here in Cincinnati, right? I mean, it's been Thank it, goodness. It, uh, it's been a mess down here we for a long own. time. Yep. That thing's a clown show. Bingo. It's 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 or we could say it worse, but we can't. It's twenty clowns inside a Volkswagen up there with Yeah. It. Oh, the Browns also want to talk to Mike Mike McCarthy. He's all of a sudden rejuvenated himself, the former Packer head coach. They should talk to Marvin Lewis. Well, he was supposed to be the one of the main guys in Washington where the Redskins are moving on Ron Rivera. What about Urban Meyer? Why is he not in there? I don't know. Uh, the New York Giants uh, let go Pat Shermer after a 4-12 and season. So they want to talk with uh, McDaniels and all these guys. And then also the Giants and Panthers want to talk to Chiefs offensive coordinator, former Bengal running back, Eric Bieniemy. Eric sleeping with Bieniemy. Correct. Problem with uh, Eric Bieniemy, I'm told, is that Andy Reid does most of the scheming out there, if you know what I mean. Well, it's it's working so far, so I don't know. He's he was rumored to come here. Remember? Well, he was one of the guys everybody yep. talked about. Yeah, plenty of college basketball tonight. Ken Brew, a tenth rated Villanova and Xavier in the Muskie's Big East opener. There you go. Six man. o'clock on fifty five KRC. Ooh. Green Ooh. Bay and NKU at six thirty on Fox Sports thirteen sixty. That's a big game for Xavier. Uh, North Florida and uh, number eighteen Dayton, Wilberforce will take on the Miami Redhawks. Milwaukee at Wright State. Yeah. Wilberforce, isn't, uh, is, is he from that drag racing family? No. Okay. Uh, the top ten, uh, top 25 is out. Gonzaga stays number one in a light holiday schedule. Uh, Duke moves up to number two. Ohio State is fifth after losing yesterday to Hugs, who is 16th. How about Hugs? He's got them on their feet again out there, doesn't he? Hugs, yes, Hugs they got, do. He, yeah, I mean, Huggins has got them playing well. Louisville dropped to, th- to seventh after falling in overtime to... Um, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's up two spots to 17th. Dayton is uh, down two spots to 20th. Mm. Xavier is 27th. Sang- we were atrocious. Uh, Thank you. What's, what's your What's your favorite Andy Dalton memory? Ooh, that's a good one. Probably uh, I got to host uh, one of his uh, foundation events. Yeah. We worked all season to get to this point. Now let's take advantage of it. Let's have some fun and play together. Win on three. One, two, three. I liked Andy Dalton. I thought he was a I thought he was a stand-up guy. You know, I mean he you know, he came off like that a little bit like a rah-rah guy and everything, but he was a tough guy. He I mean to talk him in the past tense. He's a tough kid. He's a you know, yeah, he hadn't gone anywhere yet. No. AJ Green AJ Green spoke today. Yeah. And um 
I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. If that's a mess. Anything new there? So. That's a that, that situation that's, is a uh, clinical you know, mess. Well, they got that mess. What are you going to do? What are they going to do with Dalton? They bet they better take Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. Here we go. You ready? Is on the horizon. You ready for this? Joe Mixon. Yeah. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. The guy that didn't play this year, Jonah Williams. You got to take Trey uh, the uh, Hopkins because right. you just gave him money. Yep. Carlos Dunlap. Geno Atkins. Geno, Pro Bowler. Jesse Bates. Yeah. That's seven him. guys. You trade them? Those are the only seven guys oh. I look at. I, if somebody calls and says, Those I'd are like the only guys that talk down there. I'd like to trade four. If anybody call, the only name that you really hesitate on is Mixon. Correct. But those are the seven guys. The rest of them, I mean, they're they're guys. They just are. I think Carl Lawson's got great potential, but he's sporadic. I think uh, Hubbard is interesting, but I wouldn't call him somebody you should have to under all circumstances. Billy keep. Price. Billy Billy Price lost his job in training camp and struggled to play right guard. I'd right. trade him because I think in the right circumstance he could go play center for somebody. But, I mean, a Billy Price, to me, was it, it was not a good pick. What about Ryan Finley and Dola Gala? Well, I mean, we know Ryan, what Ryan Finley can do. And that's the other thing about Dalton I liked. I like this about Dalton, is they threw that in his face, right? That whole Ryan Finley thing. Correct. And he handled it with grace. Yes. And he handled it with uh, professionalism. So over and above what he did on the field, and the thing you talked about was like his uh, – the foundation, foundation right. and all that. Uh, this guy was a class act on and off the field. And I'm not saying that whoever comes in behind him will not be. I'm sure Joe Burrow is as billed. But that guy, uh, Dalton, was was a class act. He really was. Amen to that, Ken Brew. Well, I, I'm not looking for amens. I'm just looking for hosannas. Uh, Ken Brew, the uh, Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar heating and air conditioning dealers. Tempstar, quality you can feel in Cincinnati, call Sheldon Braun at Braun Heating at 385-7765. You think people call Sheldon, his friends call him Shelly? No. Sports! Okay, I'm just you asking. Call I don't him know. Mr. Braun. I don't know. I'm asking questions, that's all. You just you call him and you go, Mr. Braun, please? Well, there's a lot of guys in the entertainment business. Their first name is Sheldon. They call him Shelly. I'm just saying. Or it could be, well... No, that was a lady, Shelley Fabre. Who was it? Was it the actress Shelley Fabre? Yeah, she's like eighty. So, yeah. way to hit the target of the demo. No kidding. <laughs> Say, get me out of the Stooge report. I got to prevent people from getting their eyes blown out by corks coming out of champagne bottles tomorrow night. What yes, the? it's an epidemic that's gripping all of America. Why didn't we hear from this before? Well, we're going to hear right now how okay. to keep your eye from getting blown out tomorrow by a champagne cork. Ken Brew, in honor of a cold day here in a tri-state and overcast and the loss of Walter the Warthog over the weekend. I heard about zoo. this. Yeah, that's terrible. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. I love you. Who's that? I think that was Paula Ferris, the fairest of them all. Paula Ferris? She's been out of this market for a while. Went to big time. What does she do? I think she's with ABC still. I haven't seen it. She used to be on The View, but I don't think she's there anymore. I don't know. I don't watch The View, so what, I what do I know? I was going to say, if you, you watched it, you could be if on you watched The, the you View, could have been I, on that the was view. the last time I'm speaking to you. Yeah, you could be on The View for all I know. No. Although that would be Are a Are you show. kidding? Seg, i got to get to the champagne cork. Go ahead.
on News Radio 700 WLW. So, New Year's Eve is tomorrow night. That's not exactly breaking news, but there will be a lot of champagne bottles uncorked. And believe it or not, there's some people out there that don't know how to open a champagne bottle, and uh, there's some people that actually open them, and it goes flying right towards people's eyes. In fact, um, there was a guy who was on Love Island, you ever been to Love Island? How do you get a reservation there? Anyway, um, former Love Island star Theo Campbell revealed he was blind in one eye after being hit by a champagne cork. So what are the dangers inherent with popping open a bottle of champagne? Let's bring into the conversation. She is standing by on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline, Dr. Amanda Holscher. She is certified by the National Board of Examiners in Optometry she has a wonderful pra- practice, and uh, we appreciate her carving out some time for us today here on 700 WLW. And Dr. Holscher, how are you on this glorious Monday? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I'm well, too. I haven't opened a bottle of champagne yet in 2019. Probably won't tomorrow night. But this is a real problem, is it not? If you don't know what you're doing, that cork can become a lethal weapon, and not just for your eye, right? Correct. Uh, a champagne bottle cork can travel as fast as 55 miles per hour. Per how, hour. how fast? 55 miles per hour. So that would be like a car going down the highway with a cork coming at you, and your reaction time can't be that great if it is coming at you. Correct, and can do a significant amount of damage to an eye. What could it do to an eye if it hits you square in the eye? Well, it could lead to blindness. Um, you know, the gentleman you were describing earlier, his experience was it was like his eye exploded. Ugh. Oh, that's not good. So so when you open up a bottle of champagne, doctor, and I don't know if you have or if you do it often or whatnot, but it's always best to uh, to put a, a towel over the cork that's coming out and, and obviously aim it away from people that are standing close to you, right? Correct. And, you know, make sure nobody's anywhere close because the, that, that cork travels very quickly and very far if you've ever opened a champagne bottle. So it doesn't have to be somebody, you know, standing right next to you. It can be, you know, pretty far away and still do damage you know i was told that this is one of the common holiday time eye injuries what are the other eye injuries you see at this time of the year oh you know we see eye infections we see everything you know um any kind of inner injury any kind of infection is is common year round yeah and if this even if this it, this cork comes and say it hits right below the the eyeball or to the side. I mean that force is enough. I would think that you could you could bruise the cornea. Well, you could bruise the cornea. Um, the bones around the eye are actually very fragile too. You could mm. sustain an orbital fracture, mm. uh, which could require surgery. Can you? If I mean, if you took a head-on shot from a cork coming out of a champagne bottle. Uh, and you got into surgery quickly. Could you could you save the eye, or is that something that you're just SOL? Well, 
Well, it depends on what kind of damage was done. Sometimes it could just be, like you said, a bruised cornea or corneal abrasion. It could cause a cataract, which can be corrected with cataract surgery. But often um, if something hits you like that, like a champagne cork, it can um, lead to a lot of bleeding in the eye. And in those cases, sometimes you don't know for some period of time how much damage was done or um, exactly what was the damage that was done. Wait a minute, it could cause a cataract. I thought you only got those if you, you, were, you were like old and you need cataract mm-hmm. surgery. The, so uh, trauma to the eye can cause a, a cataract? Yes, there is such a thing wow. as a traumatic cataract. Oh, wow. Did not know that. Did not know that. Well, it, it also seems to me that it's probably not a bad idea when you're doing anything like that. And it's going to sound goofy, but I'm, I'm, I say goofy things. But a <laughs> pair of goggles probably wouldn't hurt. You know, if you're if uh, I, I mean, you can't give goggles out at a New Year's Eve party. But I mean, if you're doing it, if you're opening it, I mean, that damn thing could come flying back and hit you. Right. Well, it, it could. I guess you could pass out safety eyewear at your holiday party. Yeah, yeah, and then you can fill those up with, uh, you can drink it out <laughs> of the holiday goggles and all that. So your tip to someone who is going to be at a New Year's Eve party tomorrow night, and it's 11.55 and the champagne bottle is coming out and everybody's watching the ball get ready to drop at Times Square, your 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 cautionary tale to someone who is opening a champagne bottle would be what? To step away from the crowd, step outside somewhere where nobody's in the direct line of the champagne cork. And as you suggested, putting a a towel over the cork as you open it, you know, you remove the cage first and then you tilt it at 45 degrees and push the top off with a little bit of pressure. But you certainly want to make sure nobody's in that direct line. Yeah, and and and, and if somebody is opening a bottle of champagne, maybe they should just duck or find furniture to get out. Of. <laughs> but you're right, 45 degree angle away from the people as you're opening it with. I always put like a uh, like a hand towel over it and just kind of ease the cork up, you know, rather than just trying to pop the thing and and watch champagne come flying up all over the place. I always I just put a little little hand towel over it. I think that helps too. Great idea. Thank Great you. Great idea. Yeah, you could pass that on to your practice. Are you going to pop a champagne bottle <laughs> tomorrow night, doctor? I think I am. You are? I am. You're going to party tomorrow night? I do. Oh, good for you. Why not? Start of a new year. Uh, Dr. Amanda Holshud, thanks for the tips there. I think a lot of people are going to take you up on that. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year. Yeah. I put here. No, seriously, what I do is, you know, I, I uh, first of all, I get the good stuff. Because the the bad stuff has just got a lot of gas in it, but I, I hold it at a I, you know you got to get the you know the uh, what would you call that that's the caging that's on top of it. you unscrew that and get that off, and then so you get that off and what I do is I put like a, a dish towel over it and I just kind of like turn it a little bit and just pull it up a little bit as I'm turning it and then you don't want to go. Because that's where you get in trouble. All you really want there is just like that. If you hear it go when you're un- un- and you got a towel over it like that, that generally means that cork is in your right hand as you're holding the bottle with the left hand. But if you do like that, and chances are it becomes a lethal weapon. I'm just looking out for people, right? I'm trying. I, I don't want. I don't want to see anybody go to the hospital. I want you here and listening to me. 
on New Year's Day at 9 a.m. But there you go. One of the leading causes of eye damage during this holiday season are corks that are going flying out of bottles of champagne at 55 miles an hour. Matt Reese is taking notes on that. He's writing that down. Okay, cork outside, you know, take the caging off 55 miles an hour. All right, the Bengals. If they're moving on from Andy Dalton, shouldn't they be moving on from other people as well? It's all straight ahead on this here radio station, affectionately known as the big one, but for FCC purposes, 700 WLW Cincinnati. All right, welcome back. 208 News Radio 700 WLW, the average American in for the great American on this final Monday of 2019 at Paul Brown Stadium. Today, players are packing up and heading home. How many will be here come uh, the start of the 2020 season is only a guess at this point. And whether or not Andy Dalton is among those that are back is only subject to opinion at this point. But I think most people believe that Andy Dalton's time here in Cincinnati has come and gone. Someone who may know better than us is standing by on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. He is Jay Morrison, who covers the Bengals for the Athletic.com. I am on record as saying this countless times. The Athletic is the best source for sports journalism on the planet. And whatever it costs for a subscription now, I think it's like 9 bucks a month, something like that. Great writing. Don't have any of those nasty pop-up ads you got to navigate through. And you get great writers like Jay Morrison. Jay, good afternoon, and how are you on this final Monday of 2019? Oh, I am great today, Ken. It's a, a long season is finally over, but, uh, but the work continues. As you mentioned, there's a lot of questions, and it all starts with Andy Dalton going into this offseason. Your long uh, seasonal nightmare is over. It, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was. It was a. There were a lot of losses, and it made, not a lot of players want to talk after that many losses. That made it difficult. But this, this was a really interesting two and fourteen team, from the Cordy Glenn situation to the new coaching staff to the the Andy Dalton benching and then restarting and the AJ Green saga. I mean, there was. There, are, there was plenty of things to write about, that's for sure. Now, I think it's, it's I, I would say it's fate accompli that Andy Dalton's time is, is come and gone here in Cincinnati. It should. I mean, companies do this all the time. Quote, unquote, we're moving in a different direction, a different feel, a different tone. And when you have a number one overall pick, it's a gift, really, for what didn't happen the year before. To get a number one overall pick if it's not something that happened to you during the course of a season, to acquire that would take so much capital that oftentimes it's just not worth it. This is this has been dropped in their lap. There's a quarterback that's sitting out there. His name is Joe Burrow, and we know what he can do. Uh, I, I think connecting the dots here uh, is pretty easy, but then again, it is the Bengals, and I understand that there's nothing easy with this franchise. But I think if we paint the picture today of what we think it's going to look like in July come training camp, it's Andy Dalton's in a different uniform and Jay Burrow is here. Would you not agree? 
Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Um, I, I think Joe Burrow is the number one overall pick. I, I don't I don't see the Bengals moving off of that, trading down to get more picks. I don't see him going in any different direction. Um, and I don't see him hang, hanging on to Andy Dalton. Uh, you could say, I mean, really, honestly, if if you wanted a veteran quarterback to back up a young star like Joe Burrow, there would be no better person than Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. He, he would give he would give every ounce of his time, effort. He would do everything he could to help Joe Burrow along. But it just doesn't make sense to pay a backup quarterback seventeen million dollars. No. That's the whole reason that you're seeing teams go this direction, putting a rookie in there and just letting him learn on the fly is is to get the most important position on the field at one of the smallest contracts and then build everything around them. So it just financially, it it doesn't make any sense to keep Andy Dalton here. Yeah. And I don't know Andy Dalton. Uh, I, I like you, I've talked to him. I think he's a stand up guy. I think he's a tough guy. Uh, I think he's taken a few uh, slings and arrows here that were not his fault. Certainly, he's done things that have drawn that kind of criticism. But I think when they benched him and put Ryan Finley in for three games because they were going to quote-unquote evaluate what they had, something you should do during training camp. They should have known what they had on that guy coming out of training camp. Uh, I think I think Andy Dalton just just – being the Andy Dalton I know, I think he realized then whatever future I have in football is not now. I would be, I would be shocked if he, through his agent, did not get a hold of the Bengals very soon and say, look, for the benefit of everybody involved, please trade me. I, I think that's the scenario coming here, don't you? Yeah, well, he went on the record when they made the benching right at the trade deadline saying that he wished it would have happened sooner so he could have been traded. So yeah. if, if that was his mindset in week eight last, you know, back in October, it's certainly the mindset going forward. And it just it's interesting. I did a story last week. I, I went around the locker room just asked everybody their favorite yes. stories or memories of Andy. And they, a couple of people talked about how he stood up in that first meeting after the benching and said he wanted to address the elephant in the room. He didn't want people tiptoeing around him. He, he's not. He doesn't agree with the decision to be benched, but he's going to be the same guy he's always going to be. He's he's going to help everyone. He's going to help Ryan Finley, and you know, I'm here for you guys basically. And that, that just kind of speaks to who he is. And today he was cleaning out his locker and he walked around to every media member and, and shook their hand and just kind of joked and said, "In case this is the last time, I I wanted to say goodbye." And then as he was walking out, he said, "See you in April." So I, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be the no. case. I do not think we're going to see him in April. What did we learn about Zach Taylor this year that we didn't know when he took this job? Because if you look at a coach that's presided over a 2-14 and 14 season, sometimes it's difficult to make an analysis, particularly in the environment he's in where I don't sense he has a whole lot of control over what's going on down there. What did we learn about Zach Taylor? Uh, that he is a true leader, that you look – I mean, I know a lot of people scoffed every time he said, you know, we fought to the end and we didn't give up. And, but but look at how bad this season was and, and and look at how hard they played these last two games. I mean, just that comeback alone in Miami and then to come out yesterday, yeah, the Browns are a little bit of a wreck, but to, to come out and play as well as they did. You know, every guy that we talked to today and last night after the game spoke about how connected this team is. And they've, they've never been on a – a losing team that was as close as this one. And I think Zach gets a lot of credit for that, of, of keeping everybody together, keeping everybody on the same page. Just that move alone of going away from Ryan Finley and back to Andy Dalton, I think was 
was in response to what the players saw that they, they could have won some games that Andy that had Andy played and not Ryan Finley and there was gonna be maybe a little bit of a mutiny there if he yeah. stuck with Ryan Finley and he listened to the players and I just I, I, I don't I don't know what his future is in this league. It's hard to tell after one year, but that's a big deal. Everybody talks about his smarts and his football knowledge and, and all of that, but the, that's one of the intangibles you would never really know until you're in that position. He's never been a head coach at any level, and for him to keep this team together and fight the way they did throughout this entire season, I do think speaks highly of his ability as a leader. I can't help but feel there are going to be changes, though, on his staff. I don't sense that they're going to just rubber stamp that group coming back next year. Do you sense changes coming? Um, yeah, I would I, I would suspect that the some of the holdovers from Marvin's um, tenure might go in a different direction. Uh, some might have options to go elsewhere, or the, the Bengals may just you know, say you, your services are no longer needed here. But it was everything was thrown together so quickly because of how everything. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thing got pushed back with they had to wait on Zach to finish the Super Bowl. And he didn't truly get, you know, he was, it's not that he didn't get along with the coaches that, that he inherited. But they weren't his guys, and, and head coaches like to pick their own guy. So mm-hmm. I do think we could. I don't think we're going to see major changes. I know a lot of people. A lot of one people talk about is Jim Turner, and I don't think that's the case. I think he is back next year. I think he is a a big reason why they ripped up the running game and were, were they were the number six rushing offense in the league over the final nine games. I mean, they, that was a big deal. But I do think some other position coaches, uh, maybe elsewhere next year. Jay Morrison, theathletic.com, our guest. He covers the Bengals for that wonderful website. Just terrific, great journalism, top to bottom, uh, nationally and locally in places like Cincinnati. Um, Jay, I, I, I see maybe five, seven players that I look at that are the core, and other than Joe Mixon, I'm not sure that if I was offered a trade for any of those other guys that I wouldn't make it. But I don't, I don't sense that there's, there's this, this wealth of talent on that roster that maybe a lot of the fans do. How much do you think that roster changes between now and the start of next season if indeed the Bengals play this thing the way most rational organizations would play it through drafting and signing impactful free agents. Do you sense there will be a lot of turnover on that roster? Yeah, it's going to be significant. Um, and that, I think I, I added it up a couple of weeks ago. I, I want to say there was 21 guys that were in the final year of their deal. Um, they may bring a few of them back, but most of them I think are going to go elsewhere. Uh, then you've got guys like Cordy Glenn, Andy Dalton, um, maybe Drake or Patrick. You got guys that are under contract, but the, the, just for financial reasons or other reasons, they may elect to go in a different direction. Um, it it could be it could be half. It's a fifty three man roster. Yeah. You could be looking at twenty six, twenty seven differences from from last year's opening day roster yeah. or this year's. 
Yeah, and I, you know, you talk to fans and you you get phone calls from fans on this radio station, and you deal with people on Twitter that that are going back and forth, and they think they have the ultimate answer as to what's wrong. There are two givens. One, the team isn't going to be sold. It's 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 in the Brown family and will remain in the Brown family. And even though I think they desperately need someone to come in with a fresh set of eyes to look at this situation and try and figure out from the outside looking in why it got here and how it can be fixed quickly, I don't sense this organization signing a director of pro personnel or a general manager anytime soon. Do you? No. I mean, it's been this way forever, and people have been calling for that since the 90s, and they've resisted (laughs) it at every turn. And um, Yeah, Mike's getting older. But I just think that's even more reason that that it's not going to happen. That he's he's going to ride this thing out and you know do it his way and uh, try to catch lightning in a bottle, which is what it's what's really going to take. They they've proven that they can have good teams um, when they have good drafts and things kind of fall into place. But uh, it the the system they're running right now is is not built for consistent success. Other than coaches being dismissed, which probably would be on the immediate uh, horizon position coaches being let go and whatnot. What is the first big thing we should look for in this off season? Uh, not, I don't mean the combine. I don't mean individual workouts or, or anything like that. I mean, what do you think is the first big thing we look for with regards to change with this organization going forward now in the next few months? Well, I do think if there's going to be coaching, coaching staff changes, it'll, it'll come this week. Uh, probably within the next few days. Um, the other thing, the reason that's the case is I expect them at some point today to announce that they're going to coach in the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. which is a huge advantage. Sure. Um, they're they're going to get to see these players up close. They're going to get to see what makes them tick, who are the leaders, how do they respond to coaching. It's not just seeing what they can do in practice because there's tons of game film out there. But um, that is a big advantage. I, I think all they're waiting on right now is to find out who's going to coach that other team in the senior bowl because they want to they want a team that was bad but that is retaining its coaching staff so i think they're waiting to see how black monday shakes out but yeah beyond that i don't i don't know that there's going to be anything major until you get to the draft so the coaching staff change will happen this week and then none of the player movement really is going to start happening until the start of the league year um so it's going to it's going to be sit and wait and see. Um, you know they will probably tag AJ Green and then work on an extension with him if that happens. I don't see that happening until probably closer to training camp. Wow. Um, and Andy Dalton trade would probably come before the draft, but not not any sooner than yeah. that. Um, this is really going to be kind of a, a dead period until we get past the combine and, and truly into draft prep. Well, there's nothing like a dead period where you got to sit and wait and make stuff up as opposed to react to a million different things, which is what happens during the season. Jay, it's always great uh, having you on. Great insight. And uh, as I mentioned, a huge fan of The Athletic. And thanks for your time, man. Have a great 2020. All right. You too, Ken. Jay Morrison, TheAthletic.com. Uh, yeah, I would think there would be some position changes, position coaching changes, and I would also think that there will be uh, activity towards the Andy Dalton trade closer to trade uh, the uh, the start of the uh, draft. That seems to be what I have. The A.J. Green thing could be an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, everybody's saying the right thing right now, but when you're talking about money and you're talking about the last big contract the guy will sign, and he goes into that season – 
that offseason with great uncertainty. I think this could be a dumpster fire if they're not careful. Coming up on 223 News Radio, 700 WLW. 700 WLW, welcome back. I am Ken Brew, the average American in for the great American. One of the best concerts I saw in 2019 was up the road in Columbus in July. The Electric Light Orchestra. And happy birthday to Jeff Lynn. Seventy-two years young today. This guy has produced albums, made albums, was in the Traveling Wilburys with George Harrison and Tom Petty and Roy Orbison, Bob Dylan. Thing about this group is back when rock and roll was a rhythm guitarist, a lead guitarist. A bass guitarist and a drummer. These guys said, the only way we're going to stand out is if we do something different. They married strings. When they go on the road on concert and they travel to the United States on very rare occasions, it's it's a full-bloom string orchestra that's with them. It's, it's amazing to watch. Anyway, Jeff Lynn is 72 today. A lot of birthdays today. Patty Smythe, 73 years old today. Uh, Two monkeys, Mike Nesmith and Davy Jones, the late Davy Jones, celebrating birthdays today. Something must have been in the water for births on December the 30th. So uh, the wind is going to be with us for the next couple of days. Could gust as high as 50 miles an hour today. That's right, 50 miles an hour today. Uh, Cloudy, windy, low 32 tonight. Then tomorrow for New Year's Eve day, slight chance of snow showers. High of 38 for New Year's Eve, cloudy, windy, low 29, and on New Year's Day, sunny, but again, windy. 43 degrees for the high on Wednesday. Right now, 38 degrees at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station News Radio, 700 WLW. In a moment, why perfection with your holiday party, your New Year's Eve party. You want everybody to come over and have a good eye. We've already told you, watch where you point the champagne bottle or you'll put somebody's eye out. Now, why that perfect New Year's Eve party, the perfection of it, is something that you simply will not catch. It is too elusive. And when it is, how do you make yourself happy by saying, you know what, I did the best I can, everybody had a good time. We'll get into all of that next as we cruise on till 3 o'clock on the home of your Cincinnati Reds, who now apparently have their first ever Japanese born player. 700 WLW. Hello. 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 Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Oh, you bonehead. Oh, my God. Apparently, Seg, there's been some translations done of the, um, of the, um, I guess the Nikon Sports report on With the uh, Shogo Akiyama. And uh, I'm seeing this here. One, uh, there, there's a guy that has read the translation. And after the translation, in the middle of it, they refer to Joey Votto. Now, this is dead serious. They refer to Joey Votto in the translation, quote, what? a first baseman bot from the sixth banquet. A sixth they refer to him as a first baseman bot from the sixth banquet. Now, what they, are the I six they, banquets? 
I don't know. I, I thought they drafted him. Maybe bot could have been bat, and maybe you know. But they reported. Well, there's there's some reports. Ken Brew, Mark Sheldon, saying that his sources are saying the deal's not done. But Uh-oh. John Morosi says the deal's done. Now, how about this? So I don't know. What, what do, do you think do? about this? Let's go to the United Nations. Let me ask you this, Sig. We need an interpreter. What if they signed him? Yeah. To play center field, and they make Nick Senzel part of a deal that brings Francisco Lindor here. Let's talk about that. Let's talk Not about bad. that. Not bad. If you were the Reds and you could get Francisco Lindor here. By the way, my daughter-in-law taught him in school when he was uh, going How about to that? Yes. Where would uh, Freddie Galvis go? He would go on this proposed deal up to Cleveland along oh. with Senzel and Tyler Malley. Whoa. I got an email from a guy who says that's what they're talking about up in Cleveland. But do you think they would they would sign uh, Akiyama if indeed they were thinking about maybe flipping Senzel for Francisco Lindor? Then who plays left? Jesse Winker? Jesse Winker. What about Scott Shebler? Scott Shebler? Whatever happened to him? You got Philip. Philip Irvin. Right. You got uh, Aristides Aquino. The Punisher. Do you want to punish or be punished? That was Aristides Aquino. Well, are we going to get the Punisher in, like, August or early on? Are we going to get the Punisher that was not too good later on in the year? Bingo. That's the key. And if you trade Nick Senzel in this package for Francisco Lindor, and you have all of that offense now, would you consider bringing back Billy Hamilton to play center field? What the... Because of his defensive capabilities. Well, then there'd be uh, there'd be rumors that Votto's going on the seventh banquet for I, somebody. I think this is what they have their feet up on what the desk talking about? about down at Great American Ballpark right now. You think now. so? They all got their feet up there. They're saying, yeah, what if we... Uh... Like a Nick Kroll and Dick Williams are in a room They're just kind of sitting, sitting there with their l- feet up. Feet up. Yeah. Lazy yeah. boys. Yeah. Yeah. Bet you they're down in the clubhouse. That's where those real nice seats are. They're nice. They're down there. They got their feet up. Yeah. And they're Probably half asleep. What if, what if we did this? Those were the nice chairs we couldn't sit in. Well, there should be well, chairs sure you down. sit in them, though. You'd fall asleep in 10 seconds. From the sixth banquet. From the sixth banquet. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I thought he played for the... I thought his first team he played for was Votto with the Dragons. Well, was this a team before that? Joel Sherman. What the? Who's a, a, a baseball scribe. I think he might be with the New York Daily News. Yes. Know, he's with somebody out there. Says this whole Akiyama thing is done. Well, there that's, you go. That's, the, that's, that's what I'm reading here. Ken Brew, the uh, Stooge Report, is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating air conditioning dealers. Tempstar. Quality you can feel in beautiful southeastern Indiana. Right over there. I see it from here. Call X. Call Joe Eckstein at Eckstein Heating and Cooling. The hotline, 812-932-2026. Sarah Palin said she could see Russia from her backyard. I can see southeast Indiana from right here. It's it's a beautiful part of the country. It is. Uh, Let's see, Ken Brew. uh, WFAA Radio in Dallas says Jason Garrett has been fired along with the entire staff in Dallas. Wow. With the Cowboys. That's WFAA Radio. They're going to go after Urban Meyer. Uh, Cleveland Browns have asked permission to speak with uh, New England offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. He's from Ohio. And offensive coordinator Greg Roman about their coaching vacancy after letting go Freddie Kitchens 
before the play. When did they? I mean, they, did they do that after they got home last night? Greg, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Roman has some. Or, was he, or, or is Freddie Kitchen still out there? Uh... Freddie's working at, at the airport. He's at gate A13 right now. Really? He's, a trying, greeter? Get, trying, he's to, a greeter? trying to get on a, a, a prop plane back to Cleveland. Oh, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to CVG Airport. You know, uh, the Browns also want to talk with uh, Mike McCarthy, former Packers coach. Well, he's out there. I think Pat Greg, Shermer's out Greg, with the New York football wait a minute, Giants. Seg, 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 you're going too fast. Greg Roman has some sort of ties to uh, the Bengals. I don't know what it is. Something to do with Paul Brown. I don't know everybody. Well, I'm just saying. I think he was the he's uh, the grandson of the of uh, Paul Brown's biographer, or something like that. I don't know, but there is, and he's obviously a very talented man. Gonzaga staying number one in the nation in the AP poll. Yeah, Ohio State uh, falls to fifth. Yeah. Louisville drops to seventh. Yeah. Uh, Villanova plays Xavier tonight on 55 KRC at Big six. Game. It's in Philly. Uh, is tenth. Kentucky jumps up two spots to seventeenth. Yeah. Dayton falls two. The 20th. And there's college basketballs ongoing right now as we speak. Oh. Ken Brew. Yeah. The Miami Redhawks lead Wilberforce late first half, 31 to 6. But are you ready for the big question? Can't wait. On Friday at 3.30 in Boise, Idaho, the Ohio University fighting oh. Bobcats oh, the under blue the direction turf? of Frank Solich. The, the, the Smurf turf? They take on Nevada in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Who wins that game, Seg? I think I better say Ohio U or you'll beat me Stand up. Stand up and cheer. Are you and Tom Brenneman uh, taking a Learjet out there to watch him play? Yeah, we're going to drop Freddie Kitchens off in Cleveland first. Jeez. Yeah. Nice. 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 Well, I'm just saying. I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited about this. The, the Bobcats have been there before, and they boarded the plane to go out there today. How about that? New Year's Eve. Left in Boise. from Athens International. Would you rather be in Boise, Idaho? Well, where do they for a leave from? Game? Do they leave from Athens International Airport? No, they, go to, they have a motor escort up to uh, Columbus. Up to Columbus. Would okay. you rather be in Boise, Idaho, for a bowl game on Friday, or Birmingham for a bowl game on Thursday? I'd rather be at the Tony the Tiger. I think it's the Sun Bowl in El Paso. I think that's one of the greatest sponsorships that any bowl game could get. Tony the Tiger and Frosted Flakes. I like the cheese. Wonder what the wonder wonder what's on the breakfast menu out there. Cheerios. <laughs> Seg, I got a woman here that says that you're looking for perfection too much, and you're going to drive yourself crazy with your New Year's Eve party that I'm not invited to. Do what? Yes, I'm. She said, if you try to put on the perfect party, you're 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 not in good shape. I got to get to her. Aren't we all? Well, I'm, I don't know. Uh, Ken Brew in honor of a uh, overcast and cold Monday. And uh, Bengals line. Oh, Bengals line tonight at 6.05. How could I forget that? I'll bet you they're going to have a really exciting time there. I mean, that's just going to be. Wrapping up the season, baby. It is. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. Froze up. I don't know what happened. I know your emphasis was stay connected.
My God, they stay connected. There you go. So you got to stay, stay connected. Got to stay connected. I think that's great. That's great advice for anything in life. Stay connected. Because when you're disconnected, what happens? Bad things. That's for sure. Seg, it's 2.45. I want. I got to get this woman on the air quickly. Go ahead. On 700 WLW. The award-winning team of Gamble and Finn follow me at 3 o'clock. 3.06 to be exact. John Popovich, my teammate, at 9 on your side, will be uh, in studio with him at uh, 3.30. Tune in to hear that, absolutely. Uh, I found this interesting. A survey by the American Psychological Association. Now, I don't frequent their website, although some people think I probably should, but it says that one-third of us, one-third of us, report feeling more stressed over the holidays. Everybody's looking for the perfect holiday, right? Well, you probably just got done with Christmas, which could have been stressful. Everybody wants to plan the perfect Christmas dinner, right? Got to be perfect. Got to serve the things that everybody likes. Everybody's got to be in a good mood. Well, that probably didn't happen. Now it's New Year's Eve that's coming up. And the perfect, the perfect New Year's Eve party is something that everybody wants to have. Everybody goes, has a good time. There's no political talk. Everybody's happy. Everybody rings in the new year. Everybody wants it perfect. But perfection is something that eludes every single one of us. As someone who is an expert on perfectionism knows, she is standing by on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. She is Melissa Poza, and she's standing by to tell us how we all should just give up this perfection thing. Melissa, how are you on this glorious Wednesday? Thanks for jo- uh, Monday. Thank you for joining us. Great. How are y'all? I'm absolutely perfect. I say I'm, I'm like nobody. I mean, nobody is perfect, right, Melissa? No, right. And in today's time, with all the social media and all these, we all have these visuals of this raw Norman Rockwell holiday. And the truth is, this is not the life that we live. And we all strive for this false image of false image of perfection, and it really adds so much stress into our lives, incredibly induced in the holiday season. Well, here's the way I look at it: is you can strive for perfection. You may be perfect. Your dinner may be perfect, but you're inviting people into your home, and some of them may not be perfect. So there will be imperfection either way you look at it, unless everybody arrives on the scene completely in in style, completely in same lockstep, the way they think and the way they eat and the way they act. Perfection's <laughs> not going to happen, right? So why worry no. about being perfect yourself? No, absolutely. Especially I'm a mom of two boys. And so absolutely, you know, they woke up this morning and they're already wanting to wear, you know, what they want to wear and not what mommy wants them to wear, you know? No, no, I know. So why not? So why not just let it be? No, I know. And, and, you know, you can always tell them when they get to be 68, 70, they can wear whatever they want, right? Because nobody's going to care. So just say, hey, when you get to that age, you can wear anything you want. But right now, I'm your mother. You're wearing this. Uh, right. But, but my, I guess my point on all of this is why do we feel that way and how much of that is fueled by things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the other social media platforms that are out there? Because everybody wants to project this image like, hey, everything's wonderful, when in reality it's just one big show. Right, right. And I think that one of my tips to de-stress for the holidays is to give more. You know, it is the holiday season, and um, we 
it's the season of giving. And what I think that we really need to do is give more of our real selves visually to other people to know that they can relate to you, to know that they don't have to strive that, for that perfection, that they're absolutely perfect the way they absolutely are right now. Right, right. And I think the other thing you got to have, too, is just a balanced sense of perspective, that you may yeah. be someone that wants to do their best, but your best is good enough. If this is your best, then this is good enough. And I saw this list I don't know whether you agree with any of this, but I saw a list of how you can deal with this, you know, trying to have the perfect holiday meal, and it doesn't go as planned. You have to expect the unexpected. I really think, and and you correct me if I'm wrong, Melissa, but I kind of think that life is all about rolling with the punches. And so if things don't go as planned, just say, okay, it didn't go as planned and, and make the best of it. Absolutely. I, a lot of my girlfriends were asking me, you know, about the holiday. How do you deal with a lot of stress? There's another reason is to let it go. I, I always, a great example of it is planning a wedding. The only one that knows that something is going to happen wrong is the bride because she has a visual in her head of what it's supposed to be like. Right. The same thing when you're a host for the holiday. You have this visual and expectation, but really, if your cranberry stuffing doesn't turn out the way it is, nobody is really going to know besides yourself. No. So just let it go. Right, right, right. (laughs) And there are other good things, I think, that you have to do, too. First of all, you have to, I think this goes back to what you just talked about, manage your expectations. Just say, look, you know, I don't really, I don't really, you know, I really want this to be, the, the ultimate party. I want. I really want this to be, I want to be the hostess with the mostess. But in actuality, why don't we just all have a good time and have something decent to eat? Absolutely. And being present with your family, you know, putting the phones down, letting those, trying to strive for those perfect social media pictures is a good way to do that and just be present with your family and enjoy the company. Uh, we're chatting with Melissa Poses. She's got uh, some great things to talk about here about managing expectations and not trying to have the perfect holiday. Now, you know what's going to pop up. You know it's going to pop We live in a politically charged society, and there are going to be people uh, around the table talking about politics. If you're, yeah. if you're running the show, if you're, if you're the, the person that's absolutely you know, going to dictate who comes to your house, what they're going to eat, and what time we're going to eat, should you also be the person that imposes some ground rules, like check your political talk at the door? Would that be all right, or is that just like getting too much on it? Yeah, I think there's a great way to do that gracefully, um, so that way people are more comfortable, because you don't want to really offend anybody. You want everybody to enjoy your company, and there's a graceful way to do that mm. and alter and change yeah. the subject. Yeah, how would the graceful way be? Because I just say, shut the hell up. What do you, what, what do you, what, what's the graceful way, what's the graceful way my to do that? My father-in-law would do that, absolutely. My yeah. dad and my father-in-law would do that. We call it, we call it, we call our family the fam family, just because you really don't know who technically is related, because there's so many people there. <laughs> Is every family dysfunctional? Absolutely. You know, when my when my I, I have a huge family. I'm originally born up north in Detroit, and I have so many cousins. My my husband still has a hard time knowing all their names. <laughs> and he told me the first time he goes to me on a helicopter. The volume in this room, a helicopter could land in this room, and I would not know. <laughs> 
And I think and I, the truth is, we're all like that. Yes. We are all that way, and it Absolutely. makes it fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the other thing too, Melissa, is what what that is. It's just finding the humor in the situation. If you can laugh at yourself or laugh at the situation, it doesn't matter whether it's a holiday meal or whether it's just everyday life when things happen. I think if you have that ability to say, hey, you know, that actually that's pretty funny. I think you're going to find a lot of things happen that are good, like your stress level goes down and like the moment is appreciated because something happened rather than just getting so frazzled that maybe you create stress for other people. I think humor is a great way to go through life with. Absolutely. I I posted on social media this morning that gratitude is the easiest way to change your perception, the easiest way to um, change your outlook on, you know, the bad, the mishaps, the imperfections. Uh, Melissa's got a book coming out. It's uh, advice from a real mom queen. You're a mom queen, right? Is that what the practical advice? You're a mom queen? Yes, yes. That's what I'm. I'm a pageant veteran. I've worn a lot of crowns in my days. You are? (laughs) Were yeah. You, were, mm-hmm. you, were you like the Miss whatever in your hometown, or were you, or is this just? Yeah, absolutely. Well, kind of like the world, yeah. Miss, you were Miss World. Well, what the hell are we doing doing this on, on phone? We ought to be right in, in person here. But it's, right? it's called Basic. Is this really the really title, Basic Bitch? Is that really the name of the book? That is the name, although the I is an exclamation point with a crown. <laughs> See, you have a you have a sense of humor too. Anyway, practical advice from a real mom queen, and it's uh, when when will that be out? It's pretty soon, isn't it? Isn't it going to be released pretty soon? Pre sales are everywhere right now. It's available on tar- at Target. It's available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes and Nobles on my website, momqueen.com. But the book releases, pre-sales are now, but the book releases in two weeks. And do you have pictures of you with a sash and a, and a crown in the middle of it? Or, or, or did you not include pictures with the book? I didn't include pictures. Oh. It's more of a women empowerment inspiration book. Okay. But on the back there is, yeah. Okay, well, you know, I'm just saying it, that maybe there's an idea for your next book, Melissa. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> right. good luck with two boys because that makes you the queen of the house. And everybody just kind of listen to what Melissa said and just take it easy. Everything is going to be okay. Melissa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. See, all you got to do is just go through this thing with a little bit of sense of humor. You got a little sense of humor, everything's going to be fine. That'll do it for me. Gamble and Finner next. Back in tomorrow at high noon. On the final day of 2019, once again, the average American with a great American on 700 WLW. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.